Today Carp Pod, I'm Jenna, and we'll see if this actually sticks. This is like the sixth time I've started this intro. I keep tumbling up on my words and like as if that has ever, ever stopped me from recording a podcast episode or stopping midway due to some kind of weird fucking slip of the tongue that I did. I think last week I made up a new word. It was like, it was like uh, tragedy and uh, something else. I can't remember. It was pretty funny, but yeah. Hi y'all. Welcome back to Pod. I'm Jenna and this week I am flying solo. The guest that I had planned, uh, had to drop off, uh, last minute and it was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it by myself because This whole week in general has been so silly and it's only Tuesday, but I feel like with my trip to like Seattle for Taylor and the Barbie movie coming out and then like the episode and then, uh, I don't know, just like the world at large, I was like, I am just gonna crawl into bed and I'm gonna watch the episode of Charities and I'm gonna enjoy it and then I'll just record and I'll talk to you guys about the things that I've been wanting to talk to you about too, which is, of course, my experience with Miss Taylor Allison Swift, Dr. Swift. And then I also saw the Barbie movie. So I just thought, you know, why not have a nice little fun solo sesh with your bestie that's in your ears? That's me. Hello. Uh, How are you? I'll pause for you to let me know how you're doing. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's great. Or if it's, if it's negative, pause. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. No, it's real. It's super real and it's valid the the way you're feeling. Um, I want you to know that I'm proud of you and that I think you're doing a great job and you got this. Oh, uh, was that good for anybody? (laughs) I kind of needed it. (laughs) So go for it. We'll go for it. So yeah, I feel like if anyone else is listening who has been to the Eras tour, can attest the come down from it has been quite the experience. It's truly like you spend so long. I got the tickets in November and it was like month after month after month of like planning and thinking and dreaming. And then the week of it was so stressful. I cannot tell you how just like weirdly stressful last week was when like, you know, like what did I even really have to stress about? Right. But it was just every little thing was so stressful and cause it just felt like it was all going to be taken away, <laughs> you know, and that I, we weren't going to be able to go for some reason. I was like constantly checking my tickets in Ticketmaster. Like, do they exist? Did I dream this up? They existed. Anyway, my friend and I drove up to Seattle from Portland and we went the night before and stayed with our friend Bobby and we got to catch up with Bobby. It was really nice and settle in. And then the next morning we got to like get up and we put on our matching shirts that I made for us and got to walk around and get some breakfast and things like that. We met a couple of Swifties on the way throughout the, you know, city. It was really nice. Started trading bracelets already. And then, you know, we got ready and then had, we went on the, there's a a transit system there that's really good. Uh, kind of, I'll tell, I'll tell you the story later. And, you know, it takes us down to the stadium. The, it was, you know, you see these TikToks of people being like, oh shit, I was just going to work one day and literally like 
the train is now packed to the brim of Swifties, like just glitter and sparkle everywhere. And that was literally what it was. We just like got in this train and we were just like literally sandwiched in with like hundreds and hundreds of other Swifties all heading to this football stadium. And (laughs) then we all just walked together in this like massive line. It was so, it felt very, I don't know, Hunger Games-esque, which is like funny because I think Taylor loves that film, those films and writes about them in a lot of ways. And it was just very, you just follow the mass of people that are dressed in sparkles till you get there and then you wait in these like nebulous lines that don't make any sense and then so here's the fun part about Seattle this weekend is that Seattle had literally like 20 events happening but literally next door to the stadium that Taylor was playing at was a smaller stadium that was like a Mariners baseball game and it got out it got out like 30 minutes before the gates actually opened to let us into the Taylor Stadium And so all of the baseball player or fans rather started just coming into our area to get out. And there's like different ways you could get out. So I know that there was probably people going the other direction as well. Right. But a lot of the people let off and kind of went into our area and started like, they like sandwiched us. Basically there was like fans, baseball fans on either side of this line, one of like three or four lines to get into the venue and we're just squeezing past us being so unbelievably rude and toxic toxic man it was just like truly the epitome of like i think you know sometimes you see like tiktoks or or tweets of like people who so like they'll be like a swifty at the show and they're like crying their eyes out and it'll like be a, a man right it'll be like a man swifty crying their eyes out because they're just so excited. And then, like, some sports bro will retweet and be like, this is fucking ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, you cry when your sports team doesn't win and you punch fucking walls when your sports team doesn't win. And this guy is just having the best time of his life and crying because he's so happy. Like, there's the difference. Like, he's crying because he's happy. You're crying because the Mariners didn't, you know, win or whatever. And it was these people who were squeezing and I mean literally crushing us as that well not literally but like really getting into our space and like hitting us and moving past us and literally just all the time just being like whoa what is this oh oh it's for Taylor oh <laughs> you know and then like people will be like they'd be like what's this line for and people were like Taylor Swift they're like but doesn't she go doesn't she not go on until 8 p.m and it's like four o'clock and they're just like oh my god you have to wait in line this long it's like dude first it's it's getting into a concert with 70,000 people and there's openers and like it, of course you have to wait a while in the line and like the line actually went so fucking fast the actual like line to get in to get to our seats was like 40 minutes. Like it was really not bad at all. But you still need to get there early because you want to get merch or whatever. And speaking of merch, all these fucking assholes are wearing blue sports hats that have their team on them. And they look just as quote unquote foolish as we do. You know, it was just so funny. And then there's like, you know, these pick me women who are walking past this, like this one lady literally loudly in my ear was like, oh, look at all these sparkles. It's like, girl, like, sh- <laughs> come on. Like, come on, are we really doing this right now? It was so funny. Anyway, we get in, we get our seats, great seats, great experience. Um, honestly, it was a really, like, great, oh, top to bottom. You know, it was a lot of walking. I recommend if to obviously wear good shoes and wear comfortable clothes. 
to the best of your ability because it is quite the process of, you know, getting to your seat and then, you know, the show is three hours long and, you know, I sat, my friend and I sat every time there was like a transition into a new set era, but it was still just like, you sit down for like a minute and then you're like back up again because she's like, I'm going to play, you know, is <laughs> now it's the rep, you know, reputation set. And it was just like, it was truly wild. I... I cried a bunch. We both cried so much. I think it was just, like, shock that we were actually there and seeing what we've seen online. But, like, in person, she sounds amazing. It was so beautifully done. Like, there were so many details that you didn't see online that you could see in person. Like, all the different visuals on the screen, on the screens under their feet. Like, I remember specifically having my breath taken away when she's singing Enchanted and I got to see with clarity that the ground and like the bottom of the screen behind her is all flowers. I thought it was just like swirly purple stuff maybe from, you know, the live streams. It's just like, just like a, 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 a floor of flowers that she's on and that eventually turns into like sparkles. It was so pretty. And the way that the lights flash on everyone's individual, like, bracelets that you get when you go into the tour, if you don't know every Taylor Swift, like, stadium tour, and maybe probably even for 1989, you get, like, a, um, a bracelet that has a light on it, and it has a sensor on it, and it lights up to different colors at different times of the show to, like, accentuate the music and the songs and, like, the presentation, and it's so cool because she, it's like she's making you a part of the show, which is just like so cool. And it was really beautiful to see. Uh, if I had to pick a favorite set, it's hard because they were all genuinely so, so, so good. And, you know, I'm not even necessarily a fearless girly. I came in later in the fandom, but like the fearless set was just really perfect and adorable. And really, you could just feel the energy of how like much fun her band and her are having and her singers. Uh, I loved Reputation, of course. That was really good. 1999 was flawless. Such a good set. Shake It Off was so much fun and so good. Um, I am an ironic, I'm sorry, I am a unironic Midnight's stand. So I loved Midnight's. I might have been the only person just like screaming at the top of my lungs during Mastermind because I love that song. I am sad that she didn't play some other Midnight songs because I would have loved to hear like uh, Paris or um, Glitch or Question. Oh my God. Yeah, it was just really great. And then when we left, we had to struggle to get out of the, to get through the train system. Long story short, there's like two stadium stops and we should have gone to the like the last stadium stop, which would essentially be the first stadium stop, which is where a mass of people got on the trains and then when it came to the second stadium stop which is the one we were waiting at the trains were full they weren't like they should have been leaving every other train empty at their first stop so that the second stop could pick up the swifties because that's the only two stops that are going to be having swifties on it because all the other stops you know in the city are not going to be having swifties at this point so they should have done every other so that people were going so we had to wait there for like four different trains to come by and it's just full of swifties 
And I understand it's hard to move and give more space, but like no one was moving like an inch. And there was, there was some space and it was really frustrating and it was getting so Hunger Games. It was very much like, I started getting like actually mad and I don't get mad at things like that, but I was like starting to like tell people like, you need to move, like you need to move. But anyway, whatever. My friend and I eventually actually left and then got an Uber Back to our friend's house, which really wasn't that expensive in the long run. But I just, if you're in a situation where there's a couple different stops for you to get out of your stadium area through a train, go to the first stop because otherwise you're probably not going to get out. Um, yeah. Anyway, I hope any other listeners who might be going to like the LA show or there's a Santa Clara show or might be going to any of the international shows. I know my friend Olivia, who's been on the podcast a couple times, uh, she and her soon to be spouse, they're getting married next weekend, are going to the Amsterdam shows for their honeymoon. And I'm so excited for them. So I hope you all enjoy the Swifty and sign the DMs and let's talk about favorite songs and all the good times. Uh, so yeah, next up I want to talk about is the Barbie movie. Of course. Oh my God. what do you think? Did you fucking love it? Did you love it? I loved it so much. I, you know, knew going in that there was going to be, uh, I, I felt like there was going to be this meta discourse in the movie about like feminism and, and men of some sort and I also was led to believe by online you know just just looking at things that there was maybe going to be like a little bit of a queer storyline happening and of course a lot of my like queer twitter like mutuals we were all like really starting to clown and think that there was actually gonna be like a lot of queer like themes in the in the movie and I had lowered my expectation for that greatly, knowing that, like, obviously this movie, as big as it is, it's not going to be, you know, an overt queer coming out story, right? I knew that, and I'm glad I lowered my expectations because it's not an overt coming out story. However, I really think it was done so well that there was definitely a through line of covert um, like more subtle queer coding and, uh, like a storyline. And honestly, not even that subtle. Like I was prepared to be feeling like it was really subtle. And then I was really going to have to like search for the things. And I feel like it actually was like pretty loud at times. And I absolutely love that. I guess if you haven't watched it yet, maybe skip over the next like couple minutes because I just, oh my God, so much great things that happened but like as far as like the queer element of it like yeah like we saw the Birkenstocks they came back at the end that like basically let us know that Barbie is some sort of queer if that's like the way you're going to interpret the Birkenstocks which I really can't imagine you can interpret it any other way because Kate McKinnon's weird Barbie character is queer coded she is an outcast she is She's a dyke. <laughs> she is, you know, she's like some kind of fluid, you know, I think she, she makes this like comment about how she is, uh, interested in seeing what Ken's like smooth mound looks like. <laughs> Cause you know, they don't have like genitals in Barbie land. Um, but to me, I'm also like, that's also still really gay. And it's also like a little like gender, uh, like, 
uh, liberation-y, you know? It's just like, ah, who cares what kind of fucking smooth mound you have, right? Like, it's just so great. And I've seen discourse a little bit online that people are really resonating as trans mass people with, like, the characters. With, like, Ken and with uh, Alan and Alan potentially being, like, a non-binary character, which I love. Um, I'm not going to speak on those specific experiences since they are not ones that I, um, you know, I'm part of that community, but... Uh, yeah, it's pretty clear to me. And then, like, there's this one scene where, like, Ken's like, can I come inside? You know, that whole, like, thing we saw in the trailer. And then she's like, no, we have, I have girls night every day forever. Like, I don't want Ken. Never, never. And then later on, when they have, like, their big, like, makeup scene, she's like, I don't like you. <laughs> she says it differently. But it's just, like, Never do they waver in the fact that this specific Barbie, not all the Barbies, but this specific Barbie does not like Ken. And it's pretty magical for me. Like that is that I, for me, that represented me. Like I was seen by that and I absolutely loved it. So I love it. There's, like, this whole narrative, of course, that, like, this movie is so anti-man and, like, you know, you hear all these, like, conservative, like, talking point type dudes uh, being like, oh, we're having a war on Barbie. It's a war on man. Like, all these things. And, like, obviously those men are not going to actually watch the movie with any kind of sense of, like, actually, like, taking in the story of what Greta was trying to say or what the whole, like, fucking purpose of the movie is they're not going to see it but what I found myself thinking through like a equal parts like I was like gay storyline on I was on that watch and then I was obviously watching like the kind of like general um discourse that they were doing about like uh white you know uh feminism or just like plastic feminism right like the concept of Barbie right like Barbie's like, a woman can be anything. She can be an astronaut, a doctor, all these things without actually, you know, Barbie doesn't, the concept of Barbie doesn't actually, like, include the struggles of, to, of a woman to get to those positions of power, you know? Um, and while there's, so there's great discourse and meta discourse about that, which is, like, so fucking good and layered and I'm obsessed with it, the parts that they talk about with, like, the patriarchy and, like, Ken's of its sorts... I found so compelling because I actually felt like they were being so soft and gentle on the men. Like, it's actually, like, not that anti-man. And listen, listeners, you know I love hating on men. So I was, like, I was ready to be, like, I don't give a fuck. They could be the worst to the men throughout the entire thing. (laughs) And I would be, like, here for it. But they were, like, pretty gentle and soft and had this entire storyline that was supporting the fact that men should be, can and should be soft and should find their own personalities outside of being in charge of women and the world. Like, the whole point is that when Ken figures out the, the patriarchy exists and he brings it back to the Barbie land, it's like he realizes that once he realizes that horses aren't that it's boring and not who he is and I was like that is honestly like such a beautiful message I like I I that was the closest I had come almost to crying because I think I cried my eyes out too much through Taylor like I could I didn't cry in the Barbie movie which I think I will in the baby future watches or whatever but I 
I was like, it's so, that's such a gentle, like, lesson that, like, men should be able to explore who they are that doesn't center taking control. Like, that is such a beautiful message. And I wish, I wish that men understood that. And I, I'm sure there's plenty of men that went to the movie that got that message. And I hope they did. The, oh, it was just so good. I don't know. It was great. And so I hope, I hope, but I know that those people are not going to like, um, you know, get that as like the take home, right? I will say my new favorite thing is, as of today, is watching videos on TikTok of women saying how horrible the movie is and like, and, and being like, this isn't actually reality and this isn't how we should do it. And it's so anti-man and it's doing all of this. And like this one lady I just watched a couple of minutes ago was like, this is not an accurate representation of how it is to be a woman right now. It's the best to be a woman. Like right now is the best it's ever been to be a woman. She like literally said it with her full chest. Right now in our society is the best it's ever been to be a woman. And listen, I understand we've made progress as a, as a you know, women in some regards, but like not, and she like completely missed the point where she's like, at the end, they're like, you know, uh, they, they won't give the men any roles in the Supreme Court, but they'll give them a lower court role because they want the men to start off in the same way that women are being treated in like are the real world. And it was, and like this lady is like, that doesn't make sense. I'm like, girl, that is literally true though. That's literally true. <laughs> like, What is it? And maybe I'm going to sound dumb. There's literally like what one woman on the Supreme court right now. So like the point is made like, yeah, women have some equality, but it's like the, disparity of percentage and like power imbalance is just like wildly oh my god it's so wild it's so so that's one of my new fun favorite things if you can stomach it i recommend looking at barbie reviews of people who didn't like the movie because it's truly truly one of the best things ever okay well let's get back into the bachelor world speaking of kens right we gotta talk about all these kens and are they kenuff kenuff enough that's the that's the little phrase anywhere else i'd be a 10 i don't remember the song lyrics but let's get into week five of charity's journey to find love so as stated previously what the actual fuck we're at week five and it is the week before hometowns now i will say in defense of the show typically i do think that is actually week six usually where is the week before hometowns. So we're only one week early in the grand scheme of things. And as I mentioned last week as well, we had less men overall starting with 25 versus 30. And Charity has been really great about sending men, you know, home that she doesn't feel connected to on dates. So I'm not surprised that we were in week five and we were down to like this, you know, this situation, but it was still quite, it's still like a little jarring because when the reality, when the push comes to shove, we're sitting here now with, uh, we're not even international, <laughs> you know, we're not even on an international date. We're going to NOLA and there's literally three men who have not had one-on-one dates. So you have 
three men who have, and you have three men who have not had one-on-one dates, and she's supposed to pick four to go <laughs> to hometowns next week. So it's like, it is fucking, it's just, it's wild, but I like, I'm kind of like here for it because it did add this layer of like conflict to the whole episode that otherwise can sometimes be a kind of a boring episode typically before hometowns and... Because you start to think like, oh, I, I kind of know who she's gonna, who she's gonna pick, and, and in this case, you're like, okay, sure, I'm pretty sure she's gonna pick Dotton, and I'm pretty sure she's gonna pick Aaron, and she'll probably pick Xavier to go, but like, who's the fourth dude, right? And the fact that the other three dudes, which is Tanner, Sean, and Joey, have not had one-on-one dates, you're like, who in their right mind is going to take one of these men to hometowns when have not having had a one-on-one date? Like, that's just, like, unheard of. So, it was quite, quite interesting in that regard. Um, and so, also, by the way, Triggered, we're down in New Orleans, and it's, like, I just was, like, triggered back to Nick's season so hard. Like, the vignettes, the swamp ride, like, all of it. I was, like, oh, boy. Um, but it was, like, they're almost, I feel like the producers were almost trying to, like, (laughs) you know maybe give us like a solve for that they're just like oh we'll go to we'll go to new orleans and like not have a two-on-one in a swamp where somebody gets left to die and that's somebody being uh taylor nolan um after being like having a series of racial microaggressions against her lobbed at her by most by make america great again corinne so it's like let's let's be real right so uh, first one-on-one date we get, and we're, all the men are sitting at a cafe. She comes up. She's like, hey, fellas, we are going to have a couple dates this week. And starting right now, I'm going to take my first one-on-one and drum roll. It is Joey, who I think if I had been paying enough attention, I would have been like, oh yeah, of course it's going to be Joey. Because that is the one out of the three remaining men who she would probably be most interested in having a one-on-one date with. And so obviously, so she goes on a date with Joey and they do kind of like the, they just like go and sightsee. They ride a horse carriage. They go get some delicious food. Uh, breaking news. They actually ate food on this date multiple times, which is not something that normally happens. (laughs) Eventually they have, they have this really great, this big meal and they're like actually eating it. Like Charity is like wiping like butter off of her face and like, uh, um, Joey's like eating. It was a sight to behold and I loved it. Um, they basically, you know, they just do all that. And then eventually they have a dinner, like a nighttime portion and, Joey and her are, you know, opening up and talking. She's really sweet on him. I, you know, I said in my Instagram story reacts that like when in certain scenarios, I'm bothered by Joey because he kind of like talks over her. He'll just be doing this like word vomit of like things that he's saying to her. And she's just like going, uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. And like, I feel like he's not letting her <laughs> she'll just it's like weird she'll just be like I agree my yes I agree and it, I'm like annoyed by it and then other times he does let her talk so I'm just being I'm just being a man hater um and they get to the dinner portion and Charity brings up that she wants to know 
if he's ever been in an interracial marriage or sorry, uh, relationship. And I guess, you know, specifically, has he dated a black person before? And Joey says he has not and that he is, you know, willing to do all the learning and listening and growing. Um, and Charity opens up about her previous relationship. And I'm assuming it's the one that we all are, like, aware of. The one that cheated, who was, like, really bad for her. Uh, although she doesn't specifically specify that. But I feel like that was the vibe. Uh, that that man had a consistent trouble, at times at least, uh, standing up for the fact that they would get weird looks, uh, weird attention for being in an interracial relationship, and that they the man was like, didn't see it as a problem, that he was just like, this isn't a problem, it's fine, um, when she's like, no, it is a reality, it is a problem, I'm never going to apologize for who I am as a black woman, because that's who I am, and I never would, and I just wanted to have be a partner with somebody who's willing to go on that, who's willing to just be in that with me and work on it together, you know? And it's not even this, like, thing of, like, defend me in public or do this. It's just, like, let it be a partnership and be, and she's, like, I want somebody who's, like, obviously interested in here for that, like, f- for dating somebody like me. And Joey says, I, and, you know... I can't say, speak to, like, whether his response was, like, overall a great response or not. What I did, like, appreciate hearing was towards, like, the end he said that he, that realistically he knows how he wants to be and what he wants to do. But, like, you know, push come to shove, you have to be in the moment. You have to be together on that. And I, I kind of respected, like, the reality of him not just, like, saying I'll be perfect at this because there's no way that he can be perfect at it. He can try and he can end up being a wonderful partner. Who knows? I don't know. Right. But to just like kind of go into situations where you just like say you're going to be like perfect at something to me is a red flag. So I appreciated that part of it. What was like a little bit concerning was he said like his family just like loves everyone and, and would love her no matter what. And it's, like, not really the question at hand. Like, that almost lends the idea that maybe his family, like, is the type of white family that says, like, I see no color. And that's not what Charity is asking for. She's actually pretty blatantly asking for somebody to see who she is um, and to not be like, I don't see color. So... You know, that's kind of maybe what he was, you know, but who's to say exactly? So, whatever. That's the conversation. She was, she seemed, um, that she liked what he had to say and that they were, that it was good for her. And so she gave him a rose, cutie cute. And then they go, he says that he's beginning to fall in love with her, which was, oh my God, a lot of the men said it this week. And that, that, that's the part that's messing me up. That's the part where I'm just like, can we wait until week six, please? <laughs> or until hometowns. Like, that's, that is where I'm like, ah, this is like, this is like we're doing a speed run and I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. She was like, that's really great, blah, blah, blah. Um, she says in an ITM as they're kissing in a carriage that she's beginning to fall for him as well. 
So, and honestly, they, they looked like they were definitely into each other. So, we'll see. You know, that's how it goes. So, we, the next day, the men are, like, you know, anxious as hell of, like, what kind of, like, so what, the group date card will come and we'll find out who the other man is who gets a one-on-one date. And the other ones will be on the group date. And so everyone's, like, you know, anxious, Tanner and Sean specifically. Um, Side note, Aaron is also very anxious because he really thinks he deserves a one-on-one date because he was the first one-on-one date, so it's been a while. And two, he either currently lives in New Orleans or had lived there for a period of time. He's not from there. I think he's from Atlanta. Uh, like that's, I think that's where they're going to see his family. But regardless, he, like, yeah, he, like, lives there and is uh, perturbed that he's not getting a date. And, like, it definitely brought me flashbacks to when Greer was like, I like tea. Why wouldn't Zach take me on the tea date? This is, like, insane. He hates me. Uh, so he's spiraling. I get it. But, like, I think he needs to take a couple breaths. We get the card. It's a two-on-one. <laughs> like, out of fucking nowhere we get a two-on-one with who tanner and sean two men who have zero beef and i know i think we've had one other like two-on-one in recent past ish where the two people didn't like hate each other um we've actually been skipping them a lot certain seasons but it is always like funny when that happens it's just like suddenly like we gotta do this now in hindsight to me, knowing how the episode, uh, you know, flushes out, it seems to me, and it was seemed to me while I was watching it, that she just doesn't like either of these men. Doesn't doesn't hate them or whatever, but does not like them, and that she almost was like, "Let's do a two on one because I'm not really gonna pick either of these men now." But here's the thing: these men think that the two on one automatically means that whoever, you know, gets the rose and the other man goes home, that whoever gets the rose, like, the, the other person has to inherently get the rose. And we know that that is not the case. That isn't the established rules. There are no rules Outback Steakhouse. Like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And Charity has proven that she's ready to do that. She'll take a rose back. She'll do whatever. So, it, they're, these two men are going in, like, constantly being like, I don't understand how I'm supposed to get a hometown date rose from this two-on-one when I haven't gone a one-on-one. And, like, it's just, like, wild. And I'm just like, you're not gonna. Like, don't worry about it, my my buddy. Like, you're not gonna. This is a moot point. So it is interesting that maybe if Charity or somebody was like, let's go ahead and do this two-on-one because she doesn't really like either men. Like, it does set up this, like, okay, but if she doesn't really like them and she's trying to flush out or whatever, why is she going to give this other rose, this hometown rose, to a man? Anyway, so the, the, they go on the two-on-one. It is on this uh, uh, swamp boat. I, that's not the right word. I apologize. <laughs> and this swamp captain, <laughs> Captain Tim, or Tom. And he's just like this bayou-type dude. He's talking with a thick accent. He saying all sorts of jokes. He's very, he's very, you know, it's, he's the colorful character of the episode. He's like, he's anti poly I guess. He's like, I don't know why you two men are trying to date the same woman at the same time. You got to go one at a time. And that, that was funny to me because I, I of course was like, kind of, I made it like a perverted joke in my head and I was like, 
Sir, Captain Tom, you do not know, you do not have to go one at a time, although sometimes one at a time is great, but we can do two at once. It's fine. And, you know, whatever. The men are, like, anxious. They go to the dinner. She looks anxious as hell, too. She's like, I, she's not enjoying any of this. So they go to dinner. The men try to, like, convince her to pick them. Sean is getting on my fucking nerves, and he has been for weeks, but... Boy, did he turn up the dial this week of just, like, this entitlement of, like, I deserve your attention because I want this. I like you and I want this. So you have to reciprocate those feelings. And I'm just like, oh, I fucking hate that. At one point, he's like, oh, I've seen gators because there's alligators in the swamp. He's like, I've seen gators on my like, family golf course in Florida. And I was like, "Mm, mm, 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 mm." Oh, wait, I think I actually took a screenshot. My apologies for the sounds real quick. I actually got, I saw a tweet yesterday. Somebody sent me, because I wasn't watching, you know, live. But they sent me, oh, yeah, here it is. Um, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, okay, so it's, Sean being like, my family would treat you with love and respect. And then Sean's dad is like a full on MAGA. He's like posting all sorts of, yeah, it's like a screenshot. So I can't really see, but it's like MAGA shit. It's like, no, 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 no. Sean, absolutely not. So she's like, gets the rose part of it. And she's like, this is really, she cannot make a choice. And her items, she's like, I truly don't know what I want to do. And I'm like, girl, just admit you just don't want these men. Just fine. Like watch the Barbie movie. Didn't you not watch the Barbie movie? It's narrator voiceover. She had not watched the Barbie movie yet. Obviously this was filmed before it came out. But I was thinking about that today. I was like, I bet you because Charity watched it in the premiere, like two weeks ago, the world premiere. And I bet you she was watching that movie and just, like, shaking her head, just being like, "Mm, I really let some of those Kens get away with fucking a lot. I really did, didn't I? Because I'm watching this Barbie movie now and I am like, I was my own Barbie in my season and I should not have let this kids this way. Anyway, she's like, listen, dudes, I actually don't know who I want to give a rose to. I'll figure it out later. Brutal. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. I actually don't think that's ever been done before. Maybe it has, but I feel like the lead has never, like, fully... Like, they, they'll they delay it at times during the two-on-one. Um, but... And then often, they'll send both of them home, you know? Um, not often, often, but, you know. I'd say, like, almost... Maybe, like, even amount of time at this point that they send both of the individuals home. And the brutalness of being, like, I do not know which one of you I quote-unquote like enough is, that's, like, worse. Like, I would way more rather be sent home and have both of us be sent home than this, like, yeah, I don't have a strong enough fucking feeling about either of you. To make a choice. It's so funny. That being said, I respect Charity's, like, process of that. Slash, I'm, of course, being sassy and bitchy about it. 
there is a reality, of course, where in which Charity actually, like, you know, can't choose and she likes these men, like, pretty equal amount and she just genuinely wants more time to make the choice. I do agree that that is a possibility because she is really nice and she seems to be taking this very seriously. So I do, yeah, it's, like, totally possible that she's actually just being like, I, I just don't know. And in that case, if I'm putting myself in that position, I also would want more time. So it's definitely not a, you know against charity for the way she went about the date it's just funny as far as like the overall picture of it if i were either of those men i would just be so so embarrassed and i hope they were so back at the i guess it's a hotel or whatever we get a knock on the door date card time da, 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 da. date card Woo! just like the intro anyway if anyone was ever wondering that intro is from Desiree season and it's a clip of the Sean Lowe and some of the other men in a hotel receiving a date card and they cheer like fully cheer and I have had that clip for what six years six years that I've had this podcast <laughs> so anyway fun story on that date card comes they're expecting it to be another one-on-one which it is and it goes to Dotton, and people are pissed because he just had a date last week. And Michael's like, sorry, Aaron is like, I haven't had the date since week one. I'm from here. This is messed up. And also the other men are like, I think thinking they might even like Tanner and Sean are maybe even thinking they still have a chance to get a one-on-one. It's like, put it to fucking bed, y'all. So, Don gets a date. They go and run a marathon. Could not be me. Absolutely not. It's one of those things where you're like, I don't know how you can get out of that. I would just be like, I don't know. I think my, my knee hurts from when we played dodgeball like a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> it's absolutely what I would have done. And be like, we have to do something else. So, so, so sorry about that. Uh, it's one of those things where like, you, you know, we joke about like lie about what you're afraid of. It's like. If you're afraid of marathons, like I am, like, <laughs> obviously, I wouldn't want to put that on the paperwork, but I don't know how you would get out of something like this other than faking not being able to run. They go on, it's like a half marathon, it's obviously chill, they have a good time, it's like, we're just reminded over and over again that Dotton is two charities high, He's two charities stacked together in a trench coat. They're just adorable and cute. They get to drink during the marathon, so that's pretty cool. I would have been like, let's take a let's take an extended pit stop. They have a great time. They she does this like hooju that's like no running. She goes up to him and they just like he just like lifts her up onto him, slash she just kind of like leaps into the air. It's a thing of beauty. And then they do the nighttime portion and, um, I mean, I think I, the conversation is just like the usual sweetness, um, between the two of them of, he is afraid of always, um, he's afraid of being a failure. He said that every time in his, every like major thing he's really worked towards in his life, for the most part, he's had times of failure and it. It makes him think that he's, like, not worthy, that he has some kind of, like, bad luck, that he is not deserving of stuff. And he, in the end, knows that he has to work through that and that he is deserving of good fortune and love and that he 
is listening to his heart, not his mind. And his heart is telling him that he is beginning to fall in love with Charity. In which case, she explodes with joy. This woman, I literally thought was going to combust with the smile that she made. I'm going to try to get a screenshot of it. So fucking cute. So obvious that they are so smitten. I was surprised she didn't say it back. Like, that's how excited she was to hear it. She gave him all the reassurances, of course. Um, And there you go. I guess let's wrap it up. However, I, you know me. I am not one to believe that kind of edit. I think something will be, you know, something will come of it. I, I, I mean, I, I want them together, but it's just like, it's hard for me to, I don't have, the show has, you know, ruined my trust <laughs> in edits. And so I'm just, just, I'm just holding out for, you know, whatever. Next day, I'm thinking, I, I don't even know what I'm thinking. I'm just sitting here, sitting in my bed, watching this television show. Not expect, I just, I was just like, I guess Aaron's not getting a date. I don't, I don't really know what's going to happen, right? There's another knock on the door. We get another fucking date card. It's a mini group date with Sean Tanner, um, Aaron and Xavier, who's the other man. Sorry, this whole time Xavier has been there. I haven't mentioned him once. My apologies. I, it's not that he just, you know, he was there, but he wasn't freaking out, right? Um, he wanted a date just like any of the other individuals would, but like he wasn't pulling the Aaron and he wasn't the other men, you know, bickering and what have you. Anyway, so he was just being chill, which is respectful and nice. And he was probably knitting, you know, for all I know. Anyway, so they go on this little mini foursome group date. So I guess the fivesome because Charity's there. And they just like, uh, frankly, I don't remember what they did. I actually don't remember what they did. I just watched the episode. Fuck. Uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever. She, all the men start being like, mm, I, I deserve this, whatever. You know, Aaron has, he, he has this little mini tantrum about like how hard it is for him and everything. But like, I will say I'm being hard on Aaron. I think he's totally in his right to obviously have his feelings and to be like upset that he, you know, hasn't gotten a date in a while, et cetera, et cetera. And he didn't fucking freak out like Greer did. Right. So like, he's totally allowed to just be wishing he had gotten more time. Um, and I actually think he's probably like a nice, fine individual. Uh, she's like, she reassures him. It's fine. She gives him a rose. Um, not at that moment, but just, she does eventually. She has a conversation with Xavier. Xavier's conversation was interesting because he opens up to her about how probably the biggest thing he's, like, worried about right now is, like, full commitment to somebody. And I was like, relatable. Very relatable, Xavier. I'm here for you on that one, buddy. And then he continues to say that though he is sure that he does one day want marriage and engagement and what have you but he's not sure it's with charity at which point she starts to like her face is like excuse you what and it's definitely a moment i was like oh boise but then he like clarifies that he's willing to understand though that it's like he needs to actually just trust his like 
gut or something. More of like, that's just kind of like a fear that's speaking and he's overriding that fear. And that he sees it with her and then he wants to risk it and he wants to like prove himself and that he is, you know, willing to to do it in... You know, I was like, oh man, he's going to go home. Like, I just really was like, damn. I was excited about him and he's going to fucking go home. And that fucking sucks. And I was like, okay, so what? Is she going to choose, what, Tanner? She can't choose Sean. I just cannot allow it. The show's trying to make us seem like they have more chemistry because they kiss or whatever. And I'm just like, I don't fucking believe that for one fucking second. By the way, thank you everyone who supported my Jane on last week. She absolutely said John and not Sean at the rose ceremony because she does not like Sean and she probably liked John more but wasn't going to keep him in the long run anyway so she didn't care that she had made a name flub and just let it roll and I respect her like hell for that and I respect every single person who commented and shared. A lot of people shared that video and it was like... Absolutely. And that made me feel really good. Janon is alive and well. Thank you. Uh, so then comes down to fucking she, she, so she, so she, uh, what does she do? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like, she, she, this is so fucking funny. So she gives Aaron the rose and there's, an, there's another rose left between Tanner and Sean and Xavier. And she says, you know what? I don't fucking know. And I need more time. She does it again in the same episode. I'm standing. It's so fucking funny. I love it so much. Whether it's actual her needing time to figure it out. Amen. Good job. Proud of you. If it's her not really liking these men and not wanting to make it a fucking scene right then and there, also amen. Very okay with that. Like, both scenarios I'm here for. I'm tending to lead towards the idea that she didn't want to embarrass these men more publicly. And what in the end, she didn't succeed that because, like, it's embarrassing as hell the way it went down. And, I, and I'm and i just so here for it. I'm just so here for it. So, anyway, the men are just, like, distraught as fuck. And they go back to the hotel and they're like, I don't know what the fuck I know what to do. Sean cannot handle it. So, he goes and goes to her room to talk to her and where he just fully shows his ass. He's like, listen, being embarrassed twice two days in a row was not okay. <laughs> not okay um wait oh my god y'all i totally fucked this up sean didn't even go on that group date he got sent home the night before okay whatever it doesn't matter the point being at some point he goes to her and is like oh my god i can't believe i messed that up please forgive me to the people who are screaming in their fucking phones right now regardless you know he had been embarrassed by not being chosen in his eyes. And so he's like, listen, I didn't like that. Which I was like, you need to take several seats outside of this hotel room. Not in hers. And, you know, I I really like you. I can see you meeting my family. I would fly you to Florida right now. Which is like, absolutely not. No. I'm putting her on a no-fly list to Florida. Sorry, Charity. You're coming with me. Then he's like... 
you know, I, I don't like you and I don't know what I can say to you that's going to convince you to fucking give me this rose. It's about the rose. He goes on this whole thing about, I haven't gotten a rose before a rose ceremony. I've only gotten roses at a rose ceremony. And that makes me feel bad. And it's like, I get that, but like, it's not. It's part of the game, my guy. And, like, yeah, I get that you're not feeling validated by the fact that she hasn't given you any pre-rose ceremony roses, but you, like, that should tell you all you need to know. Not that you need to be more intense with your feelings about how she needs to pick you. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. So, she's like, well, now that you say it, I don't think it's in the cards for you, my dude. And then he's like... I don't want to let this go. I don't think we should let go of this because if I just had a one-on-one date, everything would make sense and you would love me. And he's like literally begging her. It's like, if you just give me a date, I will, it, we're good. We're fucking good. And she's like, mm, no, but she does it. She's like very uncomfortable in my opinion. And I hated the scene. So Sean can fuck off. She has him fuck off. He leaves. He's getting this weird fucking sad edit. I am so livid. Like, if the show even tries to make him, uh, like, eligible bachelor in Paradise and or, heaven forbid, a contender for the bachelor role, I will eat my phone. I'll eat the entirety of it. Right now. on I, Like, on the next podcast. I will. I cannot. So my hope is that he's just on paradise and he is just treated horribly. That's my hope. Um, I mean, I hope he's not even on it, but let's be real. They think he's the new shot in Jordan and it's just, um, no, sorry, Jordan Kimball. And I hate it. I don't like it. In the end, Jordan also, you know, didn't, didn't bode well. And I guess he found his true love with that woman. But sometimes he comes up at my feet and it's just so, such a fucking trigger. But his whole thing with Jenna was such a mess and he was such a fucking dick bag. God, that season was crazy. He was a dick bag. What's his face? Um, What's his face? Who was the goose? Goose? Yeah, the goose was a fucking asshole too. Oh my God. So many men. So many men in this franchise who have just disappointed us. Oh my god, you're getting this first first breaking news. Boop, 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 boop. I was gonna share this on the Instagram page. I'll try to do it tomorrow. Manly Bands is back. Did you hear that? Manly Bands is back. And how are they back? In the form of a YouTube commercial that is being played to me when I'm watching YouTubes, which I've now become a YouTube girly per my conversation a couple weeks ago. And and Chris Harrison's in it, Chris Harris and I and I, I and I shit you not, it's the old commercial. Like it's not new. Chris like Chris Harrison current day did not like shave his shitty beard and like stand in front of a green screen and do a fucking manly bands commercial. It is the same commercial from back in the day. He is acting as the host of The Bachelor in this commercial where he gives, he's like helping this man pick out rings. It is, I am so, it's, uh, it's like the worst thing that's ever happened to me. It makes me want to stop watching YouTube. So like, I, be it what that will. And 
I can't even complain properly because Manly Bands blocked me when I was calling out their association with a known piece of shit, racist, sexist, fat phobe. I just truly, truly. So what happens? Oh, anyway, nighttime, Xavier and Tanner are like, mm, what's going to happen? We're going to put some suits on. I don't even know what they're going to do. I'm like, are you guys having a rose ceremony? Are you going to make the other men stand at a corner who all have roses while these two men just stand there? What is happening? Sure enough, Charity in her casual clothes knocks on a door and I'm like, oh shit, she's about to send somebody home. Opens up the door. It's Tanner. I laughed so hard. I have nothing against Tanner. He seems fine. In fact, he seems better than the original Tanner of Jaden Tanner, who he is also a piece of shit. This entire episode is anti-man. You go to the Barbie. If you love, if you want a story that supports and is pro man, go to the Barbie movie. You want a podcast that's anti-man? Come to Date Card Pod. That's where it's at. So no redemption arc for these men. But I have nothing against Tanner currently. I don't know. Whatever. He's fine. Um, he reminds me of what's his fucking face from Hannah Brown season. Uh, what was his name? Not it's not Tyler, obviously. Uh, fuck. What was his name? He he was friends with with Mike Johnson. He was friends with Mike Johnson. They lived in Texas together for a while. Skyler? No, that's not even a name that was on the show. Anyway, you guys know who I'm talking about? A tall, weird, lanky guy. Yeah. Anyway. That dude. Kind of religious. He hung out with Maddie Pruitt for a minute. Uh, anyway. So, oh, side note. Another tangent. There's this Maddie Pruitt video she posted yesterday. She's on a podcast with some men talking about God. And the opening line of the, the, the video is her saying, you gotta not flirt with sin. And then she was on, like, some tangent. And I was just like, it's so funny to me because her and Grant were like, the devil's trying to have a threesome with us all the time <laughs> and he gets into our marital bed with us and she's like you gotta not flirt with sin anyway should they're really worried about that threesome i think it's already happened but what are you gonna do i would literally i would literally literally be the least shocked person in the world if it comes out one day that he's, like, cheated on her. And I don't want that for her. Listen, I don't want that for her. I don't want that for anyone. Ever. Fully. Full stop. I just do not trust the man as far as I can throw him. And he's actually quite thin. So I think I could throw him a decent amount. And I do not. But I, I trust him only as far as I can throw him. Which realistically would be two feet. Even if I could pick him up. Which I think I could pick him up. I could give him a fucking wedgie and a noogie and fucking... A little wet whistle in his ear and I would throw him, but it would only be like two or three feet. But I would still feel very proud of myself. But anyway, where were we? Oh yeah, she dumps Tanner. I laugh my ass off because it's embarrassing and I'm just like here for the slander. Let's just drag this man. He goes home. Good job, Charity. She goes to Xavier's room and he's like, "Uh uh-oh. And she... (laughs) She does a great. She's like, listen, I am having a hard time. I can't decide. And I, and, and I sent Tanner home and you know what? I don't even have to give this rose out to you. I don't even have to do that. And he's like, Oh, she's like, but I want to, and I like you. And I would love to give you this rose and I'd love to see where this goes. So he gets the rose. 
Hallelujah. All is well in the world. So our final four, if this episode was not clear enough to you, is Aaron, Xavier, Dotton, and Joey to round out a pretty decent final four. I don't have anything wrong with any of these men. I've had some opinions on Aaron, but like, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this last week. I feel like Aaron's quote unquote, and I'm really loosely using the word of like, you know, issues or complaints I've had about Aaron, which are so really far and few between and so mild, are, are in my opinion, were really based off of the fact that he was having to deal with Brayden. Like, Brayden was goading him, you know? Um, and this week, yeah, he, like, spiraled a little bit, but, like, like I said, I give him, I understand his spiral. Was it, like, annoying to watch a little bit? Sure, but, like, I, not a big deal. And if anything, it's, like, supposedly makes him seem more for TRR, so, like, I have no problem with it. And I think he's gonna even out a little bit because he doesn't have doesn't have Brayden and now he has the Rotus and now he's he's gotten that validation. So like I have no problem with him, to be honest. Um obviously the previews show that eventually, not in hometowns, although obviously there'll be some drama in hometowns, that there is a future looming drama that's gonna happen. And I am unspoiled, so I don't know which man that is going to be that is going to back out or do whatever the previews at some point have led us to make us believe that it might be Aaron but then the current previews it's like you really can't tell you really can't tell who's the who's the problem in my opinion um so we'll see how it goes but other than that next week we are heading into hometowns and we did a little glimpse of the parents everyone looks pretty chill and nice we do get the the teased drama that Joey's dad is gonna be, you know, a hassle, which, shocker, I just, you look at him and you're like, yeah, at Joey's dad, and it's just like, of course he's gonna be trouble. And I think that, you know, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. I truly don't know how it's gonna go, uh, but I am excited to go through it. I have, the next three weeks, I have guests lined up that I'm all really excited about, some that have been on the podcast before, some that have not been. I am just really excited. Uh, and one of them will be, a, I'm not going to spoil it now, but somebody who I'm excited to have on the podcast because we are going to talk about Nicholas Villal and how problematic he is. And that's going to be a great conversation. So stay tuned for that and stay tuned for the rest of everything that is going on here. Thank you as always for being here with me and I appreciate you handling another solo episode. I really believe in getting out a recap chat with you guys no matter what happens. And I hope that um, I can reschedule with the guest I had scheduled today. Uh, it just had to drop out last minute. No big deal. So I just, yeah, hopefully it works out. There's obviously lots of content coming down the pipeline. So I'm not worried about it. And I am just appreciative that you guys let me talk about Taylor Swift for like 20 minutes up top and all of that. And with that, oh wait, let's, I guess I'll do my roses and thorns. I really want to keep better about doing that. My apologies that I keep forgetting. I would say my rose of the week was, hmm, what was my rose of the week? I would say my rose of the week was watching Charity be 
told that she's loved by all of the men. That was really sweet, and I really love seeing her feel, like, wanted and, and, and sought after and, like, she is the Bachelorette and that people are really here for her and that made me feel really nice and good inside and my thorn would have to be Sean overall I did not appreciate the way he spoke to her and the way he was just like no I you just try to send me home but I don't want to accept that I don't want to accept us like giving up on this that is not worth it to me and we're gonna fight for this and I was like not good also, I guess my thorn is, where's the fuck is Jesse Palmer? Like, where is my boy? Where's my boy? I, I, where's my boy? Hmm? Anyway, with that, y'all, make sure you're staying hydrated and you're masturbating, taking naps when you can. And, uh, other than that, taking care of yourselves and I will talk to you. Thank you for listening to Date Card Pod. Make sure you're following the podcast on all of the social media platforms. On Instagram and TikTok, it is at Date Card Pod. On Twitter, it's at Date Card Podcast. And you can email me at DateCardThePodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is hosted and produced by myself, Jenna Vesper. And you can find me on at Jenna with a smile on Instagram and check out all my other fun projects I have. Thank you so much to Michaela Jane for our amazing artwork and find her at MichaelaJane.com. And a huge thank you to Jed Overly for our theme music. You can find him on Instagram at JeddyBoyJames. If you're loving the podcast, make sure you share it with a friend, share it with your boss, share it with your mom, maybe an enemy. I don't really care as long as you share it. Okay. And maybe leave a review. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Hello, and welcome to the ad for Afternoonified. The ad where we try to convince you to listen to our show. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. We hope you like mummies, weird religions, cheese, historical figures, dicks, religion, and like a lot of other stuff. Did it work? Are you going to listen? Emily, they can't hear you. They're like pressing the skip button right now. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.